Here we are again, guys. It is time for another episode of Vanished in the Valley. And I'll be your host, Athena. You guys ready for this shit? We got a couple of things we're going to cover today. Let's start with my weekly bitching about Instagram. So check this out. Uh, about two weeks ago, this profile is brought to my attention. And I go check it out. And it's straight up like soft kitty porn. And this pervert's like not even trying to be sly. And the person that shows me the profile also forwards me this conversation. Now listen to what this pervert says. So once you follow, they send the message, thanks for the follow. My photo sessions are now available. If you want to buy some, just let me know. I will upload more previews eventually. The photo sets include nudes. Now these are little ass girls, you guys. They in no way could be mistaken for adult or grown women. These are children. These kids, like, I'm going to estimate I'm not the greatest at kid estimation, but these girls look between the ages of maybe seven and nine years old. And if you look at these girls, you look at their eyes, their energy is just off. They look like abused children. And as you start scrolling through the profile, the pictures get, like, more and more undressed to the point where... At some point, these girls are dressed in, like, little sexy nurse outfits. One girl is wearing a little Santa outfit. This other girl is wearing a ladybug outfit. And it's just, like, it's kind of like a halter top, but it doesn't actually connect. It's like a vest. There's nothing under the vest, and it's just tied with red string, and it's left open. So it's just kind of covering her nipples. She also looks like she's wearing thong underwear. Another little girl is dressed in leopard print clothing. She has pants on that have slits down each side of the leg that are like tied up. And she's wearing this little tiny like bra top that barely covers her nipples. Now he has another girl dressed in the same outfit and he has them posed all sexy. Some of the girls have their legs spread open. It's fucking obvious child soft porn, and this guy's straight up offering nudes. So I start reporting the account. Nothing fucking happens. The account is still there. So Instagram literally makes me have to go like Athena war mode and unleash the pedo hunters on this account. It took me and about 10 other people in the anti-pedo community reporting this account and harassing them for them to finally do something. And at first, all they do is just remove the posts. They don't even ban the account. And I'm just like, are you fucking serious? What Twilight Zone did I wake up in that my account that is an anti-child trafficking account that posts about missing people, child trafficking, and sex trafficking gets banned with no warning or no notice. But this guy, this person, who is openly selling nude child porn can just operate on Instagram. I literally had to like copy these pictures and I copied some of the ones that weren't as bad, took out the girls' faces, and I actually posted it to my own account. Since they seemed to fucking chicken hawk my account, I thought, hey, if I put this up on my account, maybe they'll finally take notice and do something. Well, I think it was that and me sticking the pedo hunters on them that they finally removed the posts. So 
I go and check and the account was still active yesterday. Posts were gone though. And then I went and checked again today and the account was finally banned. But in what world does their algorithms or whatever the fuck happened to where my account got banned? How does my account get banned and pedophiles can openly operate? Everyone likes to say that us pedo hunters are just fucking crazy people that are making up problems that aren't actually happening. And it's like, no, how much more proof do you guys need? Instagram, fucking Mark Zuckerberg, who's now being indicted in hella states, they are not, I'm not going to say they're promoting child porn, but they sure as hell aren't doing anything to stop or prevent child porn from coming upon their platforms. Why isn't the FBI doing anything about this? Why isn't law enforcement doing anything about these people allowing child porn to be sold on their platform? You know, and I, I'm sure nothing's going to happen. It's just going to be me and these other people having to daily search for pedophiles and complain about them and get them removed. But it's like every single time this happens, I take down one and three more pop up. I mean... Check out this story. This doesn't have to do with Instagram or anything, but it's just a fucking nasty ass story and it just kind of broke and I thought it was interesting. So check this out. This happened in New York. Convicted sex offender who ran private jet business busted for trying to sell underage girls for sex in the sky. In a police operation, a convicted sex offender who actually had a small private jet business was busted for attempting to selling these girls. The attorney general said there was an investigation with the New York PD and they arrested Paul Alexander and charged him with multiple counts of sex trafficking of minors. They, I got a picture of him. It's already up on the Instagram account. He looks like a fucking nasty ass pervert. He was the airline manager and he's accused of attempting to sell the young girls to those traveling on the airline for the purpose of having sex with them. He's also accused of providing at least two underage girls to a customer for the sole purpose of having sex with them. He was arrested for trafficking these children across state lines during the months along the criminal investigation known as Operation Mile High. Oh, how fucking original, guys. So this whole investigation started back in March when a different underage victim reported to the New York PD that she'd been trafficked and abused by Alexander. So just based upon her information, the police launched an undercover operation designed to catch the pervert in the act and gather enough evidence against him so that he'll actually serve significant time in jail this time. Because he's already convicted pervert, nothing has stopped him from doing it again and he already victimized other people. How many other children were victimized? Who knows? Because as we've said a billion times here at Vanish in the Valley, most of the time sex crimes go unreported. So based on the victim's information, the police launched the undercover operation and they were able to basically get all of this stuff in indisputable evidence that he was literally trafficking these minors. He believed the undercover agent was wanting to have sex with the underage girls and told him that he could do so if he paid him $300 for sex with a 12-year-old girl and a 14-year-old. A fucking 12-year-old and a 14-year-old, guys. These are girls from the Bronx. 
Alexander also allegedly told the undercover detective that the, to the sexual abuse if he used marijuana and alcohol with them to lower their inhibitions. So he's like, yeah, drug these children and they'll let you rape them a little bit easier. So thankfully, that was the undercover agent and these children weren't abused this time. God knows how many times before this they were abused, though. So, God... He was arrested without incident and arraigned on December 5th in Bronx County Criminal Court on several charges of sex trafficking of a child, attempted sex trafficking of a child, related counts of first and second degree promoting prostitution, and two counts of endangering the welfare of a child. He was a level three registered sex offender, and it's highly doubtful the judge will assign the case, will take pity on him. We can hope, but who knows, because a lot of times these perverts get a slap on the wrist. Like, oh, here's some probation for you for ruining these children's lives. But I don't know, guys. I, there's so many more stories like this that I could literally talk to you for three hours about all the perverts that are getting arrested on a daily basis just here in the United States. And this kind of shit damages a person for the rest of their life. I can't even imagine being a 12-year-old girl being on some fucking pervert's plane, being plied with alcohol and marijuana, and then raped by strange men. I would literally be fucked up for the rest of my life. And hopefully these kids that were abused by this man get counseling. And hopefully they sue the fuck out of this guy so they don't have to worry about trying to function as a normal human in society. And they have some sort of a little safety net to fall back on. Because shit's going to get hard for them as they get older. But up top to the NYPD for taking this pervert down. Because he needed to be brought down. And I so hope he gets the prison justice. I really hope there's some of that awaiting his dumbass when he gets to Rikers Island. So last week, I told you about the murder of a girl named Alexis Sharke. I have a couple updates for you on that case. But before I do, I just got to tell you another little Instagram story that happened on that one. So as soon as I saw this girl was a quote-unquote Instagram influencer... I already knew she was going to have a bunch of fucking followers that were going to be super vapid bitches that are like obsessed with hair and makeup and not, not much else, you know, because that's basically they just, as long as they look good and guys want to fuck them, they seem to be pretty happy. So what I did when I posted the ad for the show, I literally said, if you want to skip forward and just hear about Alexis's case, skip forward to 19 minutes and 30 seconds. So that way they didn't have to listen to horribly boring, stupid things like politicians screwing over the public and telling them to do as I say and not as I do. Not important things like that going on in the country. So literally the next day, I have this dumb bitch, one of her followers named In Between My Dreams, come to my account and literally go on this like three paragraph cry shit in my comments calling me stupid because she had to listen to me rant about what's going on in our country for 20 minutes and so I responded with well if you would have literally read the description I gave you down to the minute and seconds of where to fast forward in the fucking program to where you wouldn't have to listen about what's affecting millions of Americans and putting them out of work and making their families starve and then, of course, instead of just like being like, oh, damn, my bad, I didn't see that. She then starts saying, have some respect for the dead. You're being disrespectful. 
It's like, what? when did it happen where people just can't be like, damn, my bad, I didn't see that. It seems to happen over and over on Instagram account. These ignorant ass, it's always girls too, and mostly white women. I think it's always been white women. Come to my fucking account and either bitch at me for posting shit about missing people, because God forbid me post something about a missing person, or just talk shit about fucking memes because they don't get the point of it. Or, like, in between my dreams, comes there because she couldn't read a description of a video and God forbid her have to listen about some shit that's actually affecting millions of Americans. So I ended up like just having to block this girl because I've learned that if I argue with these bitches, they end up reporting me on Instagram loves to fuck with me. So that bitch got blocked and she's hella dumb. So any other of you little, her little influencer, want to be friends, whatever, just don't even start. Don't send your bullshit to my page because I give zero fucks about what you have to say. I'm reporting on this girl's murder. I'm trying to keep it out in the press. Like her family has asked. They actually said that, guys. They want people to keep talking about her. They want her name out there because they want this shit solved. And as long as people are talking about her, then we have more of a chance of somebody who knows something coming forward and giving the police some information. It's actually posted on her, listen to this, this is what's posted on her family's account. Due to changing circumstances, we are postponing Lexi's celebration of life. We appreciate the outpour and love and support you have shown her and ask for continued respect at this time. Please keep sharing, keep making noise, keep fighting for Alexis. So, any of you little followers of her, any of you have a little vapid broads that can just take selfies of yourself constantly, like five of the same picture of you half naked holding some alcoholic beverage next to a pool, just fucking know her family wants her story shared. So go fucking cry in somebody else's comments about some bullshit. But check out this stuff. This is what's going on right now. The coroner has not completed the autopsy at this time. And they're saying foul play has not been ruled out. A preliminary autopsy on her body did not rule out foul play. They cited a Harris County Institute of Forensic Sciences spokesperson who said the possibility of foul play still exists in this case. And this is the statement received from local officials. I've said that foul play has not been ruled out. Michelle Arnold, a public information officer for Harris County Institute of Forensic Sciences, she also included this, high-profile cases, when a high-profile case comes to the Harris County Institute for Forensic Science, which is HCIFS, usually, but not always homicides, it is natural for the public to want answers quickly. Entertaining television shows have misled the public on how quickly an autopsy can be completed. We are often asked about timetables for the release of information. There is no average length of time for an autopsy to be completed. Every case is unique and we average 4,500 cases per year. At HCIFS, there are no preliminary autopsy reports. There are final reports with all the tests run, all the available evidence considered. If the case is a homicide, the autopsy report will not be released to the media or the public until law enforcement has concluded its investigation. Identification of descendants plus cause and manner are released to our case status page, which is refreshed with data every 30 minutes, 24 hours a day. 
So, yeah, we don't have much information yet on a cause of death or what was showing up in her blood or anything like that. But last week, I did mention that a lot of people were talking about her being involved in a group that is possibly kind of a pyramid scheme. And, and now it's kind of being confirmed at the New York Post.com. So what they're saying is the 26-year-old was a mentor for the problem-plagued Florida-based hair and skin care product company called Monat, which has faced a series of lawsuits for deceptive marketing and selling products that led to hair loss, balding, and itching. In 2019, The Guardian reported that Monat was a multi-level marketing scheme akin to pyramid schemes, where a handful of people at the top reaped thousands from workers at the bottom, who recruit others to work under them and take a cut of the profits. Brittany Pember, who was a friend of Sharky's, she says she worked her butt off to reach the status of executive director at the company. The company has been labeled a scam and has faced a slew of complaints from the Better Business Bureau and the USDA dating back to 2015, one year after the company was founded. In September, they were forced to promise it wouldn't conduct deceptive sales and marketing practices in an agreement signed with Florida's Attorney General, which also required more than $80,000 in customer refunds because of the harmful products. Jesus Christ, I don't know what the hell they were doing. So yeah, basically, she was just kind of deeply entwined with this company. And I mean, if that's just kind of being pointed out. Now, I don't know if she herself was actually ripping people off. It, it doesn't say anything like that. It says the company had deceptive practices, not Alexis. So just make sure that's very clear. Right now, homicide detective Ricardo Rivera with the Houston PD is handling her case. And he said there wasn't any attempt to conceal her body based upon how the victim was positioned. He also says there was no evidence she walked down Highway 10 on the road. So I'm assuming what that means is her feet like weren't torn up or anything because I mean, I mean, imagine walking barefoot down a highway. The Houston Police Department reported a team of city workers found the victim naked on the side of the road in Houston's Energy Corridor on Saturday, November 28th. The medical examiner's office confirmed it was Sharkey on Monday, November 30th. Investigators confirmed Tuesday that they're still awaiting autopsy results for the victim. So... Police suspect Sharky was dumped on the side of the road sometime late Friday and into Saturday morning. And there were no immediate signs of foul play. Police do not believe she died of natural causes. And apparently right by the area where her body was dumped, there are a bunch of different businesses and the police are scouring all of the security cameras in the area. There's a hair salon, there was a high-rise office tower, and the Omni Hotel. So they have, you know, hopefully if luck is on their side, they will have some type of video evidence. Maybe the person's car that did this. That monster needs to be brought the fuck down. You don't just get away with murdering a woman and throwing her body on the side of the road like she's trash. People love this girl. She had followers. She was trying to work and survive in this fucked up 2020 in the United States. And this person just took that all from her. What Right, like who gave this monster the right to do this shit? So, if it just happens to be you and you're listening to this, motherfucker, we are coming for you and we will not stop. Nancy Grace is on the case, okay? She's got it diamond level now, so you're definitely going down now that Nancy's on the case.
I've got the last known photo taken of Alexis, and I'll go ahead and I'm going to put that up on the Instagram account so you guys can go check that out. I mean, everybody that talks about this girl describes her as always happy and always had a smile on her face. A lot of people looked up to her. She was just a very, very positive person. So, I don't know, guys. She was married for a little under a year, and police have not said her husband is a suspect or anything. But in one report, a friend of hers did say that there was abuse in the marriage and that Alexis was going to file for divorce. Now, this is all alleged. Obviously, there's no court documents talking about this type of abuse or anything. And apparently, she was just about to, you know, try to get the divorce proceedings going. Her mom says that there's no reason to believe Sharky's death was an accident. She says, the way in which she was found, my child would never have done that to herself. Stacy Rabinalt told KPRC, a Houston news station. That doesn't even make sense. This is absolutely foul play. She continued, there's nothing to me that suggests this was an accident. And there's nothing to me that suggests anything else other than this was done to her. And I believe that in my mother's gut. So right now there is a GoFundMe account for her. So if you guys want to go check that out and make a donation, it's all up there and you're able to do that. If you have any information, please contact the Houston Police Department Homicide Unit at area code 713-308-3600 or at Instagram, go to at CrimestopHOU. Somebody out there has to know something, and if it's more than one person, then it's definitely going to get out, and you might as well be the first one to get that information out before your little partner in crime has a chance to turn a dime on your ass. So let the police know what happened, get your conscience clear, and let's get Alexis some justice. Get her parents some kind of peace of mind, and let's get this shit solved, because this is not right. It's not good that another fucking woman has been murdered, abused, and thrown on the side of road like they're trash, probably by some fucking angry infantile man. But who knows? You know, everything is set to be seen. But I just, I really hope we get some justice in this case. Her family is fucking heartbroken. And as information comes in on the case, I'll definitely keep you guys updated. If you have any information, you can contact that phone number I just gave you for the Houston Police Department. Or you can email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. You can go to the new Instagram account, which is vanishedinthevalleyathena. I have a parlor account and the Facebook account. So there's many ways to get in contact with me, and I'll happily speak to the police for you. So let's just get her some justice and get this case closed, guys. So for the last couple of weeks, I have been telling you about Dictator Newsom and the dinner party he had at the French Laundry. And I've been kind of wondering who the guests were at this party. And so far, uh, two of them have been identified. And you're going to fucking love this. You can't make this bullshit up. So, two of the guests at the infamous Napa Valley dinner party were identified as officials from the powerful California Medical Association. Huh. Two officials from the California Medical Association. Yet, they weren't following their own guidelines about wearing masks or social distancing. I'm fucking A, not surprised, but can everyone else please open your eyes and just look at the fucking hypocrisy that's going on here. I just, 
I'm just fucking... Apparently, it was the CEO, Dustin Cochran, of the top CMA lobbyist, Janice Norman. Both joined the dinner at the French Laundry. And if you guys aren't sure what that is, it's an elite Napa fine dining restaurant. And they were there to celebrate the 50th birthday of lobbyist and longtime Newsom advisor, Jason Kinney. A representative of the powerful interest group confirmed all of this on Wednesday morning. So everybody should be way the fuck concerned that Newsom is out breaking his own mandates. Mandates that are making Californians lose their jobs, lose their homes, make it so they can't afford to feed their family, let alone do anything like buy their kids presents for Christmas that's coming up a couple weeks. But Newsom doesn't have to worry about any of that. I mean, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth and daddy has propped him up since day one. But these people from the California Medical Association, these motherfuckers are the ones telling us about how dangerous it is and how irresponsible it is and how, how we're killing people's grandmas if we go outside without a mask. Yet they can sit in an indoor dining room with 20 other people with no mask sitting basically right on top of each other. Does that just not show you how hypocritical all of these mandates are? I mean, first of all, they nearly gut small business. These people are broke and hanging on by a thread. And the state tells them, well, okay, you can open up, but you got to sink thousands of dollars into setups for outdoor dining by buying tents, chairs, stuff like that. So they reach into their pockets with money they probably don't even have to buy all this outdoor setup just to be told a few weeks later that, no, sorry, that's not even good. We're going to close you all down. But yet, a lot of the movie industry is completely open. Gab's businesses are doing just fine because their, their whole counties aren't locked down like the rest of California. You guys, seriously, open your eyes. Just look at what's going on. The fucking politicians and the political elite, the fucking rich-ass motherfuckers that have all this power in California are literally destroying the middle class. They are destroying small business. And it's going to continue to happen until you say no more. You need to resist and stop following these unconstitutional mandates. They have no scientific basis at all. They are just jumping from one conclusion to another without any type of studies. They're completely discounting studies that do show masks are actually kind of uh, harmful with the whole bacterial pneumonia. And Fauci has gone back on what he said about 14 times. He even was talking about how during the Spanish flu epidemic, they found that masks actually were doing more damage than good. But nobody wants to talk about that. And they're going to continue to bend you small business owners over until you say no more. Until everybody stands up and fights against it. Americans, find your backbone. You need to support each other. Not just one person can do this. They can easily take down one or two people. All of us need to stand up and fight against this dictator-ass bullshit of the do as I say, not as I do. I, I just can't believe it's come this far. They brought California small business to its knees. And even before this fucking pandemic, small business in California was next to impossible. And I know I've run small businesses here in California. The taxes alone just make it so you barely turn a profit. Then you've got 
housing costs, you know, the rent for a brick and mortar, which is through the roof. It's nearly impossible to survive. You literally need to come from generational wealth to make some small businesses run here in California. So I don't know, guys, just we need to do something. We need to change this bullshit. Even Dan Crenshaw, who is that politician from Texas, he serves in the United States House of Representatives, second congressional district. Even he is saying to not obey these mandates. Even he can see that this shit is bullshit. And usually, you know, I'm like completely against politicians. I don't trust them farther than I can throw them. He actually seems like a pretty straight shooter. He doesn't seem like a scheming little bitch like most other politicians. And he's saying, stop following these mandates. All of you small businesses, stop following it. And I, I believe him. I 100% think he knows what he's talking about. He can see through the bullshit that Newsom is pulling. He can see through the bullshit that the governor of Texas is pulling. He just, you guys, I, I don't know how many times I can scream it from the rooftops. Open your eyes and stop allowing these people to control you. Because that's what's going on right now. They're controlling the way you think, the way you act. They're taking money out of your pocket and food off your table that you need to feed your families. And for what? I don't know what their end game is. I really don't. But I do know that they should not be allowed to stop small businesses from opening their doors and making money. I just never thought it would fucking come to this in the United States of America. Fucking flabbergasted, guys. What is going on? There were a couple other things I kind of wanted to talk about this week. I know there were some Navy... I guess, videos from fighter pilots that were leaked to the media over the weekend that shows these pilots chasing a fleet of UFOs. And there was also an article released in an Israeli newspaper, and it was an interview with the father of the Israeli space program, literally saying that aliens have contacted the government here, and they've asked the government to not basically reveal the existence to the public. So there may be a little bonus episode coming up on Thursday, diving in a little bit more deep into some alien shit going on. But we'll see. You'll just have to tune in Thursday and see if there is another episode. I do appreciate all of our downloaders. You guys are fucking awesome. You're there every single week. And you make this shit fun. It makes me want to do this every week. Come back and bullshit with you guys. And now you can always come by the Instagram, the Parlor account, or the Facebook or even the Gmail, vanishinthevalley at gmail.com, and drop me a line to say what's up. So, until next week, make sure you are always aware, and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.